The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash Bill Risser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's www.adworks.com slash Bill Risser. If an agent can take who they are and their story and get that into that digital space, uh, it'll be more effective. It'll be much more meaningful with the people they want to do business with. And so I think that I think what happens is we get so busy in our business that we forget to leverage the tools in the right way so that we can tell our story in, you know, in a meaningful way. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Welcome to episode 91 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. We're quickly approaching 100. I'm still trying to figure out what we're going to do there. If you've got ideas, let me know. Send me a note. If you've got someone that should be on the show or some idea for number 100, I'd love to hear it. Uh, today, I'm very excited. I've got somebody of my generation. It really is proof that that you can teach an old dog new tricks because Bobby Carroll of Dacno Marketing started with his son in, the, in Dacno Marketing back around 2005. And this is a second career for Bobby. And it's really cool to see him out there doing what he's doing. And I can't wait to talk to him to get the whole story. Bobby, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Bill. It's a real treat, man. I am so excited about being on your program. Well, I'm happy to have you. And I, you know, my son just left North Carolina for Washington, D.C. So you're from North Carolina. And judging by that accent, I'm going to even venture a guess that you're a native of North Carolina. And, uh, and when I asked you that question, you said you, you are and you're just a Southern gentleman. And, and I've heard that phrase before, but what, what does a Southern gentleman mean to you? Well, um, first of all, I, I, I've see a Southern gentleman as something I want to achieve. <laughs> haven't arrived yet, but I'm still working on it. Um, my dad was really a, a true model of a Southern gentleman. It was a man of his word. He was a man of integrity, a man that uh, uh, kind-hearted, humble, loved family, worked extremely hard, played extremely hard, uh, just knew how to get every ounce of um, life that he could out of you know, his, his experience. And man, that's what I want to do. That's, that's a great, that's a great uh, model to be chasing. That's, I, I like that. Um, tell me, tell me what it's like growing up in North Carolina. I obviously it has to be a different place today than it was when you were growing up, but and give me a sense of what it's like there. You know, uh, a lot has changed when I was a kid coming along, Bill um, Raleigh was, the, still the capital city of North Carolina, but it was really uh, rural in, in, in so much of its commerce. And because of the, the Research Triangle Park and the local universities with North Carolina State, University of North Carolina, and Duke, it's just attracted world-class talent and families. And so it's um, while it still has a lot of rural aspects to it, um, it's definitely a lot more sophisticated 
and it's gotten a lot more diversified. And so it's actually, um, in many ways, gotten so much better since the days when I was coming along. Right. Now, I'm kind of a sports guy, and I know that NC State's in Raleigh. You got Duke and Durham and North Carolina's in, in Chapel Hill. You got to pick one of those three, right? You can't, like, root for two of them. What's your team? Well, I'm, I'm kind of a goofy guy in that way because when I was a kid, um, Vic Bubas over at Duke was a, a attracting incredible talent with Steve Pathentak and uh, Jeff Mullins and Art Heyman and all those guys from the 60s era. And so in middle school, I was actually a big Dookie fan, but um, wasn't long after that that Norm Sloan came to state and uh, I finally got my mind right. <laughs> and so I'm a, I'm a huge local Wolfpack fan and have been and will always be a, a huge Wolfpack fan. That's great. Um, I want to ask you, you know, I talk to most people on the podcast and very few people are thinking about um, getting into real estate when they're in middle school or high school. And we already know that you had a, this is your second career, but what was it like for you? What was a 15 year old Bobby going to be when he grew up? Um, honestly, didn't have a clue and didn't really care. <laughs> I was, I was so focused on sports and basketball and baseball and chasing girls and um, playing music and playing the drums and being in bands and uh, playing uh, intramural sports and uh, baseball and so forth and basketball that I, man, I wish I could have been so smart and driven and focused and had a clue what it wanted. You know, man, I didn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up until I was 52 years of age. So, um, and I had more than two careers just to set the record straight. I've been a lot of things, man. I've worked on the railroad. I've worked in the airline business and my dad's business early on when I was in college. And, and so I've, I've reinvented myself many, many times over my, my course of work life. Well, I think that's a great strength in someone to be able to kind of look at something and decide that you want to go after another track. Let, you spent a lot of time in the you mentioned the airline industry and you spent a lot of time there with uh, Delta. Tell me about that. What what you did there and um, you know what made you make that change out of out of Delta ultimately into what you're doing today. Yeah. So uh, a little backstory on that, Bill. Uh, 1985. Uh, my dad had just passed away and um, I had. Uh, uh, because of downsizing in the real, railroad industry, I, I got my real estate license. And so from 85 to about 89, I tried to, to play at and dabble at um, real estate. I was an am amateur because you had to get paid to be a professional. And I, I hardly scratched the surface <laughs> of that whole equation. But uh, so I, I was forced to really um, look at trying to maybe uh, juggle two balls uh, in the same time with real estate and um, getting part-time job in the airline business and uh, I'm proof positive you can't do it so I went full on into the airline business worked on the ramp worked air cargo ultimately moved inside to uh, gates ticket counter I was actually one of those guys wandering around at the airport at Raleigh Durham with that red coat on that everybody always sort of you had a bullseye on you so the frequent flyers the moms the dads the celebrities they all sought me out when they had a problem. So I was the problem solver at the airport. Um, and then I, I kind of got burned out from that experience and tried to figure out a way to get into sales and marketing and finally did uh, in 99. And uh, a couple of years later, 9-11 happened. And so obviously uh, so much happened in, in terms of reduction of workforce and 
I, I made it through a, a couple of cutbacks at Delta. And then late 2002, got the word that um, our district, our, our, our area was going to be uh, a downsize from seven sales reps down to one. And I was going to be out of, out of a job. And so I took early retirement. Um, and then from there, sold some medical devices, just sort of a stopgap thing for a couple of years. And then my son heard me whining and uh, crying about how I didn't like what I was doing. And he said, come work for me. And I said, where do I sign? <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. So it's 2005 now, and uh, you decide to join your son at DACNO. And my first thought is there's lots of families out there where that dynamic could be kind of an issue. So I want to ask you that first. How how did that transition go? <laughs> well, you know, the, the good news is that um, for the first 25 years of his life, I got to tell him what to do. And then from then on out, he's now telling me what to do. Nice. And it's actually worked out pretty good. You know, there, there could be um, potentials for, you know, some rocky times. But you know what? I just truly understand my role. He understands his role. Uh, I learned so much from that guy. He is so smart. He's always had an entrepreneurial spirit about him, uh, even back in junior high days. So, um, you know, there it, it's, it can be, if you're not managing it right and knowing that from nine to five, uh, he's my boss, but after that, we're family and the dynamic changes. We know how to, to operate in that realm. And, uh, man, I tell you, I, I love it. I learned so much from him. He would probably tell you that he's learned a thing or two from his dad. I like that. Let's, let me ask you about DACNO. I, I mean, I've known of the company probably for, from the other side of the country. I've known about it for at least 10 years, going back to that, you know, kind of the beginning of the RE.net. And yeah. I, I can't figure out what DACNO means. There's got to be a story behind that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery, I'll tell you. Um, so my son, a uh, little trivia about him. He uh, graduated from college in 2000 with a recording engineering degree. He was intending to go to someplace and work on recording uh, records for, for artists. And actually, this is something not a lot of people know, but he and I flew to uh, Newark and met with Eric Foster White. If you're not familiar with who that producer is for records, he's this guy that somehow discovered um, unknown talents like Britney Spears, and the Backstreet Boys. Wow. And so we literally flew to Newark, drove over to in a taxi to his house, walked downstairs into Eric Foster White's house, and there lined on his walls in the basement were all these gold records and platinum records of all these, you know, my, my jaws dragging the ground. I'm like, oh, holy crud. Look at look at all the talent this guy's. And then over this work with, and then over in the corner, there's this wooden sound booth. And he said, oh, yeah, that's where the, that's where Brittany comes in every now and then to record a, a record or here's where the Backstreet Boys will come in and record a record. And then he began to share with Brad what he could anticipate doing as a recording engineer. And most of it was just going to be a gopher, you know, getting things and grabbing coffee for guys that were actually standing behind the knobs and the buttons in the control room. And so once he figured out that, you know, he really wanted to go back to his roots of being an entrepreneur and create a marketing firm, he said, okay, what do we name it? Because, I'm the kind of guy I want something that's got a little bit of an edge. I want something that's got a bite to it. And so we were sitting around the, 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 the kitchen table one evening, and uh, my wife had out her um, – she was actually preparing a Bible study, and she had out a Greek dictionary. 
He said, look up bite or edge in the Greek dictionary, and lo and behold, there is D-A-K-N-O, Dacno. And the reason why he that resonated with him was, you have to remember in 2000 or so, this was the dot-com era. So there's the there's the yahoos, there's the four-letter, five-letter catchy words. And so there's Bing, there's Yahoo, there's Google, there's all these other company names with all these really short, catchy words. And so D-A-K-N-O, five letters, company with a bite, organization with an edge, a marketing firm that kind of has that differentiating factor that really resonated with him. And here we are today. You you call yourself the sales guy. If you look at the, the DACNO website and go to the team tab, it says sales guy. I'm like, I like that. And, but I've also read your content. I've seen you online. I've seen some other videos you've done. Uh, you're a lot more techie than just a, quote, sales guy. So, so tell me, what's the typical day at DACNO like for you? Well, there's no doubt about it. Um, I am the, one of the key drivers. There's several guys there that, and gals that help in the sales team, but um, that's my primary focus is to be the driver of the revenue, help you know acquire uh, new business and keep keep uh, the clients we have. Uh, so uh, much of my day is centered around that, Bill. But I tell you, when you work with 20-somethings and 30-somethings, and they're all smart and sharp, and um, but they still come to the old guy every now and then and tell, you know, ask me, questions about SEO or copywriting or blogging or social media engagement. And so I'm, I love being a, a consultant to my internal customers. Those are the, the people that work at DACNO. And, you know, I love in, engaging with those folks and being a part of strategy and uh, working on advertising and coming up with concepts and taglines. So I'm, my son will tell you, you know, get back in the back there and get on the phone, you know, but I will tell you, I, I enjoy both aspects of that. It's a lot of fun. You and Brad have been a part of the, uh, the RE.net I mentioned earlier, probably since its inception, you were right there at the beginning. And so bar camps have been a part of your life for a long time. Um, they've kind of winded down a little bit. I think we talked about that, but I know you've, uh, um, you were at the recent uh, Brian Copeland Nashville event, which is still going on, which is, is really cool. But talk to me about yeah. that. Talk to me about the value of these conferences, or as we like to call them, unconferences, as they, through their heyday, and even even today, for something that, that's happening, you know, in say Nashville. Yeah, we Brad and I are really big time junkies uh, of the bar camp movement. And by the way, just real quick, Brian Copeland is a master at organizing and running those events in Nashville. Him, his team do an awesome job, and we had a terrific time a little over a week ago. So uh, kudos for him for sustaining that and really making that work is just so cool. A little trivia um, about Brad and I and the very first bar camp in real estate that was ever organized by um, Andy Coffin, Brad Coy, Ginger Wilcox, and some other folks from RE.net out on the left coast. Um, it was uh, held about the same time as Inman Connect in the first one. And so Brad and I were actually flying out to uh, a few days early, heard about the bar camp really didn't understand the concept. In fact, <clears throat> ahead of going to Inman Connect, we said, let's just go be tourists. And so we did all the touristy thing and didn't even go to the very first bar camp. But man, we, uh, we haven't missed too many since then and love them to death. And here's the reason why. And anytime you can get into a situation 
where it's literally a petri dish where you can just sit and watch things begin to organically kind of bubble up uh, and smart people show up and people that are eager and everybody's there to learn. I mean, that's just the environment. You're there to learn. And so when you have that mixture of an energy that's with a desire to learn and desire to share information and do that in a very collaborative environment where there's no pitch, there's no selling, where it's very organic. It's, you know, we just basically, okay, tell us what it is you want to learn this day and let's just find people that can lead and guide a discussion about that. That's just so cool. And then when you mix in all these incredible smart people that come to network and learn, man, it's just, it's just a cool concept. It is, it has changed and it will change. I mean, that's just the way life is, but you know, every once in a while they, they still happen. And uh, Brian did a really good job with that. And um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see where they go, but as long as they're still going, we're going to try to be a, a part of as many as we can. Yeah, I, I helped on the committee to put about four of the five Phoenix bar camps on. And uh, while mm-hmm. it's a lot, while it's a lot of work, the end result is just the best. Um, it's hard. It's hard convincing people that we're here for everyone to share because I think realtors are just conditioned to show up and sit in a room and listen to some speaker. Uh, but once you get once they get the hang of it, it's fun to go into one of the sessions and see these conversations happening. It's just uh, so yeah, I'm a huge fan myself. I'm I'm, I'm always happy to find another you know bar camp uh, devotee. So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So social media uh, explodes after you started Dacno because you got there in '05. It's probably '07ish, '8ish where it really becomes a big thing in real estate. So you're right there. You're mm-hmm. an early adopter of all that and. And for, for realtors that are listening to this podcast, and the majority of people listening are going to be in real estate, give me your take on how they should be using social media and, and maybe some mistakes you see out there still to this day. Uh, it's easy for me, Bill. I'm a very, as you can tell, very uh, outgoing, gregarious guy. So my wife even told me today, she says, you know, you're just out there and it's okay. You know, and there are other people that are built differently and maybe are not out there as much. But in today's world in business, um, in order to really connect with an awful lot of people beyond, you know, your local sphere of influence, you, you got to tap into this. I mean, it's a no brainer. I honestly don't know how we're still talking about whether or not to get into social media at 2017, but the reality is that y- you have to be seen as the expert. You have to be seen as a trusted advisor. And how do you, how do you achieve that? Well, you have to advise in order to build trust. And so you can certainly do that through all these different platforms. And um, unfortunately, some of us, um, we kind of get in a broadcast mode and we don't really think about just being human beings and engaging and building relationships. And uh, so I think that sometimes we get caught up in, I got a listing and I got to promote it or I got this piece of content and I got to promote it. And so um, just my advice for anyone this leveraging social media, um, it, just be a person, you know, and just think of it as a way to find um, valuable relationships, build relationships with the, the people that uh, you know and the people you want to know, people you want to do business with. I can't, couldn't agree with you more, yet there are people out there today who think that doesn't work. And um, I mean, I have my own thoughts about that. And what, what, what's your take on that? that? You know, I think you know what I'm talking about. The 
the inside sales agent teams that are doing, you know, a hundred calls a, a day and all those other things. What's your take on that side of the business? I think what you're talking about right there, Bill, is the marriage of marketing and sales. Gary V calls calls it every every business owner needs to be a media outlet and create content, meaningful content, and get it out there and promote it and share it and then engage with people around that. So I think that, again, if you could just put a heart to what it is you're, that you're putting out there, then people will see you as authentic, they'll see you as genuine, and they'll be attracted to you. They really will. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. You've mentioned that, and some of the stuff I was reading about, you mentioned that a website should be an extension of the owner or, or a digital clone, which I love that phrase. Tell me, tell me what you mean by that. And, and obviously, we're talking about what this is the kind of stuff that Dacno helps people with. Here's what I, I see out in, in marketing, Bill, is I see a lot of fluff. I see a lot of templates. I see a lot of things that it makes it hard for the consumer to differentiate the experts out there. And so if an agent can take their who they are and their story and get that into that digital space, uh, it'll be more effective. It'll be much more meaningful with the people they want to do business with. And so I think that, I think what happens is we get so busy in our business that we forget to leverage the tools in the right way so that we can tell our story and, you know, in a meaningful way, whether that content is text, whether that content is images, whether that content is video, whatever the format is, it's not really important. I mean, all of those things are important and video is really important. I didn't mean to minimize that. But what I am trying to say is that we need to have our DNA. We need to have who we are in that digital realm. And sometimes agents uh, in their rush to kind of throw stuff out there, uh, they don't think about that really, really well and think through that process really well. And I'll tell you another thing that's a really a challenge challenge for agents is that, Al, by you, man, but, and you've interviewed so many of these people. They're smart people out there, yep. really smart people, and they're really special people. Unfortunately, their websites and their content doesn't match that. And so, it, it, it gets to be a struggle, and I think that's one of the reasons why DACNO is around is because we help bridge that gap. You know, I have a saying, um, and that is that the, the, the most arduous, difficult distance that information has to travel is out of the head of the agent, down the arm, down, down the shoulder, down the arm, down to the fingertips. <laughs> so that they can get that information in the keyboard and get it on their website, get it in their content so that people say, wow, yes, that's a smart agent. That's a smart person. They're a subject matter expert for X, Y, and Z. Um, their information builds, helps me build confidence that they can do for me what I need for my outcome, whether that's buy or sell a home. So I think that part of what we can offer at DACNO from technology perspective and from just, you know, working with people one-on-one, uh, -on -one, we're able to bridge that gap. Let's talk a little bit more about DACNO. I, I, really, a beautiful website, by the way. And, um, you know, I know that, yeah, what, what, what you do best there is 
um, kind of all in one solution, right? It starts with mm -hmm. a website, mm -hmm. right? Has to have you have to have some way to to bring traffic to the website, and then you have to have some way to follow up, and that process mm -hmm. is easy to say in a sentence, but way more <laughs> difficult to do in real life. So, <laughs> talk, let's talk about that process a little bit, and, and while you're at it, kind of give me some of the things that. You, maybe you're seeing that 2017 is bringing to the table. Is there anything new or different? Or is it still kind of the same old thing, just keeping it fresh and keeping it new? No, it's, things are rapidly changing. I mean, we're in, te we're in a technology space field. So if, if you're not changing, you're getting left behind. And so we're always looking at you know everything in a, in a new way as often as we can and keep it on our radar to enhance and improve. So, uh, and by the way, your comment that, Great websites, uh, by the way, don't happen automatically. They don't happen instantaneously. We need to think of websites and the digital marketing space as an online document, a living document. And if you're not going to feed it, if you're not going to care for it, if you're not going to promote it, if you're not going to use time, talents, and resources to drive traffic to it, it's nothing more than uh, a digital business card. And, and who needs another one of those? I mean, we've all got those. And so... Uh, to the way that we see um, our role really taking shape here is, sure, build uh, something that's different, something that really has that story behind it of who the owner of the site is, uh, but also be able to help build that content on a practical level. Just make sure that it's got easy-to-use tools like a property search just like the, the, the buyers have found over at Zillow or Realtor.com or at Trulia. So that's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, hyper-local information is so critical nowadays. So drill down below just towns and cities, but get into your neighborhoods, your communities, your subdivisions, your condo buildings, whatever those are. Um, and then, of course, set up as many searches as you can just to make it caveman easy for a buyer to click a button, look at properties, and, you know, build – uh, their own personal property organizer or whatever that is. And then all that information, the blogging and uh, things like that. But that's, so those are all very, very critical. And you wrap all that in something that's very mobile friendly, that's responsive, that loads quick. It's got to have all those experience and be very user friendly on the front end. And we're known for that. I think a, a hallmark of DACNO is that our DNA is we provide sites that are beautiful and easy to navigate. Uh, but at the same time, we got to be there on the backside on the background to help bring this thing and bring power to it with content and traffic, uh, whether that traffic is organic or that traffic is paid. And so we do that and we do that well. And then we marry things on the back end that really makes it interesting for the site owner. Uh, Bill, there's some crazy cool things we're doing now so that the minute uh, a prospect engages on one of our sites, it's sucking in all of their social profiles. It's, we're cooking in the browser so that buyers, when they look at properties, all they have to do is conduct a search, look at a property, and we know about it. And then the site owner knows about it. And then in a click, they know all of their search habits. And in a click, they look, they're able to go straight through to their Facebook page and learn who they are, what they love, and what they post. And then maybe if it also has connected to their LinkedIn account, then we can see where they work, how long they've worked there, are they moving? So when you pull that in and then maybe uh, males and females are engaged on Pinterest or Twitter or Instagram, you can learn everything you ever want to know about that person. So the, the tools and technology for um, reconnaissance are there. Now we want to take it a next step 
and build rapport out of those those reconnaissance tools. And our systems, you know, do that, and then uh, by the agent leveraging that, they can start finding things in common with the people they want to do business with because that's that's human nature. That's how how we tick. And so when you combine the power of reconnaissance and you you combine that with rapport building that agents are so good at doing, um, then that can lead to some really high success factors with the agents who properly leverage the tools we provide. Yeah, you're you're providing it an opportunity for conversations. And that's such there you a go. Deal, such a big deal. I've had you here the half hour I asked you for, and I really appreciate the time. And so I'm gonna give you this question that that I give every guest the last question. And then so um here you go. You probably already know what it is, but if you could give one piece of advice, <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to a realtor just getting started in the business, what would it be? Think like an entrepreneur. Go Google that term. Go Google entrepreneur and see. And I'm not saying successful. You don't have to put describe it as being successful. Just look at the traits of an entrepreneur and think like that person because you're a startup. You're, you're a business owner. And I think too often real estate professionals forget their business owners and that they need to think like an entrepreneur or have that spirit of, you know, I'm going to try everything I can to knock down the doors to make this business a success. And so, uh, I mean, there are a lot of other aspects I could go down, you know, a bunch of bunny trails with, but ultimately if you just go Google, what are the traits of a, a, an entrepreneur and then work hard at it um, and, uh, pick up the phone. <laughs> what a novel idea. Answer your phone. Right. And maybe you'll pick up business. <laughs> I love that. Bobby, if um, someone wants to reach out to you after listening to this podcast, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Absolutely, Bill. Uh, and again, man, uh, what an honor. I, I've had so much fun and I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, just go to dakno.com. Look, look us up there and uh, you learn about us and what we do and how we do it. Uh, there's a contact page. Uh, reach out to us. We'll be happy to. We're, listen, man, we're not hard sell. You, the, the way I am personally is the is the DNA of our sales team. Uh, we're educators first. We want to educate, educate, help agents come to the best possible decision they can about their marketing. And so uh, we're going to help them arrive at that. And so uh, if you're interested in our products. Go to dakno.com. You can email me, Bobby, B O B B Y, at dakno.com. Um, so, either way, uh, we're there and we'd love to have the opportunity to have a conversation. Bobby, thank you so much for the time. It really, it really was an honor for me to talk to you and uh, continued success and good luck as, uh, as you move forward. Awesome, man. Thank you again. I appreciate it, Bill.